Good morning. Today is Wednesday, May 13th, 2020. It is the 34th day of the Omer. So I want to confess to you that I did not think of this question that I'm going to pose to you um, until this past Shabbos. It just, uh, it didn't occur to me. Uh, but uh, let me ask you this question. How are you keeping kosher now? How is anybody keeping kosher? Because keeping kosher requires hashkacha, requires supervision. Supervision requires a supervisor. That means a trained, independent person who is visiting places where the food is being prepared or the ingredients are being prepared to be able to ascertain and certify that in fact the food or the ingredient is kosher. And making those visits is a problem right now. So let's divide the subject into two categories. First, let's talk about local businesses that require supervision. So local businesses, let's say uh, the local restaurants that are open for takeout or the factories that are preparing food, some of them are, that are still open, uh, preparing food that are local. So that requires mashkiach uh, to be able to go in. All right, that's not such a, that, that's a problem that perhaps is overcomable um, because um, it's possible to drive to these places to, or maybe even to walk to these places. Of course, you have to take precautions, social distancing and wearing masks and, and et cetera. Uh, but that's probably doable. Uh, the financial part of it is probably very difficult because um, uh, the restaurants that have to depend only on takeout for now um, are suffering terribly financially. How are they able to continue to afford the costs of supervision? And of course, the person who's coming in to supervise, that's their job also. They, they also uh, need to make a livelihood. So that's a difficulty, but maybe that is possible. But um, what about when the place is distant? What about when it's a factory in a place like uh, China? And in fact, many of the ingredients that we use, maybe even a majority of the ingredients that we use that, that are in the final ingredients of kosher food that we use, come from large plants very far removed from uh, our location. A large portion of them come from China. And the truth is, just to take China as an example, um, without China, you would not have a whole lot of kosher food. And it may not be uh, um, immediately obvious, but um, even restaurants that are preparing food, they're getting ingredients. And those ingredients are made of other ingredients. And a large portion of them come from some other place. Uh, unless you're doing um, a uh, fresh, uh, fresh fruit and vegetable salad bar with no dressing, uh, you are depending on ingredients that come from very far away, usually. And traveling to China and visiting factories in remote locations in China and all over the world is a problem. 
So how is anybody keeping kosher today? So the solution um, that is being used has in fact been used for a while, and it is a solution that is both helpful, but also uh, problematic. And the solution is virtual remote visits. So what that means is um, the mashkiach uh, is uh, at home, let's say, and he sets up a remote virtual visit with a counterpart in a factory anywhere in the world. And uh, that is happening uh, and has been happening um, regularly since the beginning of this crisis. So there are a number of things to consider with, with such a, a setup. Number one, in a place like China, you have to make sure that you have the right software because China does not allow most uh, social media. So they don't allow WhatsApp or Google or Facebook or Zoom. So you have to have WeChat or something that's available. Uh, also, you have to make sure that the plant or factory has uh, adequate uh, Wi-Fi connection. Uh, which is not always the case. They have to allow phones on the floor or in the work area. They also have to allow photographing. Now, in general, the OU reports, and the OU has a gigantic footprint in China, and they are doing these uh, uh, visits now remotely from uh, the Mashkiach's home, usually in the U.S. So the OU reports that most of these companies are happy to accommodate that. Uh, but uh, but not all of them. Then the next thing you have to be careful about is, okay, so you have to have, uh, so let's say I'm doing it here. I'm in Montreal. I have to have a contact in the plant who's willing to take a phone or a camera or a tablet, let's say, and walk around and show me um, from place to place so that I see with my own eyes what's going on there. Of course, you have to be a real expert in kashas, especially of these kinds of plants, and you have to know the layout of the plant itself. Uh, before coming to Montreal, in all the years before coming to Montreal, I worked uh, part-time as a kashas uh, uh, inspector for all of the major kashas organizations uh, in large plants, some of them quite remote, in Louisiana, in Connecticut, and uh, so I have uh, some experience with this kind of cautious work and you have to be very, very careful to check everything. You have to check the raw materials, all the storage areas, the warehouses, you have to check the production areas, you have to check the storage areas. Um, you also have to check the packing areas um, because there's no telling where um, ingredients might be kept or things might be going on and you have to know uh, how many rooms there are, how many buildings there are, to know that, in fact, you're being shown everything. You know, it's one thing if I'm walking down uh, a hallway and I can say, what's down this, uh, what's through this door, or what's down that hallway. But if you don't know, the, or there could be a separate building. If you don't know that in advance, you don't know to ask. One of the things that I learned, uh, you have to also check the laboratories. Uh, almost every food plant has R&D, research and development. They are constantly um, researching new formulations, new sources of ingredients. Uh, I've spoken about this uh, another time. Um, uh, 
Uh, I'll just mention this briefly because it's a tremendous lesson. So for years, I supervised the plant um, uh, Mounds uh, Almond Bar. So uh, you may know uh, it's a famous uh, chocolate bar. It's a great chocolate bar. And, and the whole world supply is made only in one place, a plant in Connecticut. And they've been making the same two chocolate bars, one uh, milk chocolate and one dark chocolate, one with almonds, one without. If you know the commercial, maybe from 30, 40 years ago, you may remember that. And same two products, same recipe, same ingredients for, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years. And I'm visiting this plant. So, okay, I'm looking around as I'm supposed to do all these places. And I notice a door and I say, what is that? It says, you don't have to worry about that. It's not really relevant. I, no, I have to see what is it, R&D, research and development. So I said to him, uh, the person who was showing me around the plant, I said, you've been making the same thing with the same, what are you researching? What are you developing? You haven't made anything new in, in, in 50 years since the plant's been open. He says, no, even, even still, we're still always researching the possibility of new things. We're researching new suppliers, new uh, forms of ingredients. We're always researching. It's a very important lesson just in general, but in terms of kashras, there could very well be non-kosher ingredients that are coming into the lab, which could get mixed into the rest of the factory, but it doesn't show up on any inventory or in any list or any production schedule because it's not part of the production schedule. You have to check that. And very importantly, you have to check the documentation. You have to check the paperwork because it's not enough just to see what ingredients are there. You have to see what was ordered and be able to match the amounts with the documentation because it could very well be, and I'm not just making this up, this in fact has happened, um, that a company could order, let's say, uh, 100 pounds of something, but in, so in the paperwork it shows that they ordered 100 pounds and it's kosher and it's fine, certified, it's, it's fine, but the output shows that they're using uh, 200 pounds of it. Well, where is it coming from? That might mean, might mean they're using another source that they're not showing you. Because again, you only see what they show you. So you have to be able to match the input and the output, the ingredients with the products uh, to be able to see. So you have to see all the implement, uh, the, the, the uh, documentation. So you have to really have a lot of specialized knowledge and you have to keep current because things change all the time. Okay, so that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Um, in fact, um, as you can well imagine, the, many of the plants, the owners, are reporting that they like this very much because this uh, cuts down on the expenses. Because you don't have to pay for someone to travel, they can just sit at home and it costs virtually, virtually nothing to do this visit. Um, and so it's a tremendous cost savings to the company. So the company says, well, this is great. We're happy to do this. Maybe we could continue uh, even after this is over. That's a big problem because there's a shortcoming to all this. And the shortcoming to all this is, again, you only see what the camera is pointing at. You only see what they show you. Now, there could be a malicious problem where um, they're not showing you, let's say, a storage area 
because it has an ingredient that's not supervised that they don't want you to see. So it could be malicious, but it could be completely inadvertent because remember, the contact in the plant is not an expert in kashras. And that person, he or she, may not know what is germane, what is relevant. Um, and the truth is, potential problems can come up. It is not possible to anticipate all the potential problems that there could be. You have to actually see it. And you have to actually look and open every door and open every cabinet, open every drawer. And, and you can very well see a potential problem in an area where no one ever thought that there would be a problem, but you have to be able to see it. So um, I would say uh, the problems in this kind of industrial kashras usually occur where you do not expect them to occur. And inevitably, that is going to be a shortcoming of these kinds of remote visits. So this is less than ideal. And I worry about over-reliance on this strategy. However, something ominous happened on Monday. On Monday, the OU released a statement and the advisory, a cautious advisory. And the cautious advisory says as follows, due to COVID-19, some companies are facing challenges producing OU certified products because of the inability to meet certain requirements. They don't specify what they are. It, it could be a variety of things. It could be getting the raw ingredients, but also could be related to supervision and being able to set up these remote visits. I don't know. I, I don't know that. As a result, the OU may be temporarily removed from packaging of these products. So then they say, rest assured, the OU will not appear on any product that doesn't meet the OU standards. Okay, very good. Then they say, and this is really important, practical for all of us, consumers should not rely on a product that they're familiar with. I've always bought this product. It always has an OU. What do I have to look for a symbol? I've been buying the same thing for years. You cannot rely on that, but rather you have to make sure to check that each package actually has the symbol that it's supposed to have, because especially in this time, it may be temporarily removed because they're not able temporarily to supervise it. And by the way, that's important advice all the time to check the package for all uh, symbols. Um, and many people don't do that. And that, that, that's from at all times, but it's an even more serious problem now. So we rely on the major cautious organizations to do what's necessary under these extraordinary circumstances to provide food that we need, but also at the same time to maintain the standards that are necessary. And that is a very difficult balance. So we rely on our cautious organizations to make the right judgment calls, balancing the extraordinary circumstances and the requirements of halacha. But as this pandemic goes on, this will become more challenging. And especially getting back to normal after this is over. Because again, like I've spoken about under other, for, uh, in other contexts, 
you get used to a leniency or a less than ideal halakhic situation. And now when it's over, like the plant managers say, well, why can't we rely on this all the time? And this is a problem with local supervision that is already going on where there are the MK and others are starting to rely even locally to uh, ease the financial burden on cameras uh, that are posted in certain places, but they are less than ideal because the camera only sees what it's pointing at. The uh, remote visit only sees what the camera is, uh, what, what the person is showing them. So it's less than ideal. And we need to make sure that we are accommodating the extraordinary needs that are going on right now, but also that we are maintaining the standards that we need uh, for kashas and for every other area of halacha. So it's something to be concerned about, to be aware of, and certainly that we should be checking the packages. But that is how it is happening right now all over the world. That is how we're able to keep observing kashas today. I wish you all a great day. Have a wonderful day. Have a kosher day. And I look forward to seeing you again soon.